0: so great to be with one another and uh, if you're just visiting us today for the first time and maybe this is just the only time that you'll be with us today we want you to be to be welcomed here and we pray just in the time that you're with us that you would sense the presence of God that you would come to know Jesus maybe as your Savior if that's the case that through these moments that we have together that you would find Him as your Savior. If you've been here just for a few weeks, we want to be a home, a family, don't we? Where we can, our lives can connect with one another, where we can serve Jesus and encourage one another each and every day and the moments that we have together. It is a joy. It really is to be, to be God's family. Amen? Amen? Amen. Well, this morning... We're continuing in the series of messages that we've been in um, just before I went on holiday, titled, You Make the Choice, God Makes the Change. Hey, listen, over the last two weeks, you've had incredible ministry. So many great reports have come from Paul's ministry the first Sunday. How many were blessed by Paul? God's Word. I tell you what a, what a great man Paul is, what a faithful man and a, a faithful minister so thank you, Paul, and I know Paul was a great blessing, and Stephen Matthews last week. I tell you, great, great men of God and people of God to input into our lives. What a what a blessing they are to have in our lives, but before I went on holiday, we started a series of messages, as you will know, called You Make the Choice, God Makes the Change. We're continuing on that theme this morning, and up until now, we've been thinking about how God calls us to make choices in line with the changes that He desires to bring about in our lives. We've said that God can work outside of our choices, there's no doubt about that. But very often, in order to bring change in our lives, God chooses to bring us into the process guiding us by His Spirit to make choices in line with His Word that trigger great changes in our lives. Now, this morning, our focus is going to change and shift a little because we're going to see how through the leading of the Holy Spirit, our choices not only lead to personal change in our lives when they're Inspired and initiated by God. But we're also going to see how our choices can be used by God. To bring great change and blessing in other people's lives. So God not only uses our choices to bring great change and blessing in our own lives. But he also uses our choices to bring great blessing and change in other people's lives. This is wonderful, and it's such a simple message that I have this morning to encourage encourage you with. But if we can get this, if we can understand that our choices can trigger and initiate great change and great blessing in the lives of other people around us, we will go out every day with a great expectation looking for opportunities to help other people. There are many, many people around you and I in the world in which we live that need our help, that need our support. It might be a word of encouragement. It might be just a, a moment of prayer. It might be an act of kindness. It, it, it might be just you getting alongside them and walking With them through a very difficult season. There are people all around us every day that are crying out for help, that are in great need. You might say today, but Dave, I need help myself. Let me tell you if you will go out into the world looking to help other people, you will find that the help that you need will come to you from many different sources. God will provide for you. God will come swiftly to your aid in relation to the help that you need. If you will but focus on helping others that are around you, you will find wonderful help and deliverance and everything that you need from from God. The focus of the message today, really, is how we can use our choices... To help others and to see change and blessing come in their lives through the choices that that we make. I think all of us will be able to look back on times in our lives where we've made a choice that's resulted in great blessing or change in the life of another person. And it's so exciting when this happens. I get so excited when I look back on my life and I see times in my life where God has used me, where He's trusted me to help another person that has been in need, where He has arranged situations and put me in circumstances where I have been faced with situations to help other people, whether it's been through a, a kind act, whether it's, it's been through comfort in words, whether it's been through praying for them right at that given moment, and you go away and you think, I've just been used by God. The situation has been set up and orchestrated and divinely arranged for me to meet this person on their life journey at this particular juncture, and to help them, and to see God's provision come to them. It's been wonderful. It's been a wonderful life. The Christian life following Christ is a wonderful journey of excitement every day, where opportunities come our way to reach into the world of other people, to be a minister and a gift to them, as Jesus leads us, it's exciting when God arranges opportunities for you and I to take hold of to be a blessing to others. I don't want to just live a life that's self-contained, me, myself, and I. I don't want to live like that. I want to live a life that that is, is full of opportunities where I have I am directed and guided like you into the lives of other people to be a blessing, to be a gift, and to be a message of God's love and God's care to them. I think if we went around the room this morning, all of us would be able to recount such moments like that where we've had unusual meetings with people that God has wanted to reach and He's reached them through you. Through your life. So exciting. It's so wonderful to look back and to remember such occasions where He's used you to speak a word of encouragement to a person that's been downcast and unable to get out of the emotional pit that they've been in. Some of you have, and we could go around the room this morning, some of you. God has used to help people who have been broken-hearted. You've helped people that have been down in an, in an emotional pit of despair, and you've got down into that pit with them, and you've spoken words of encouragement for weeks. You've spoken words of encouragement for months and even years, and it's been a medication for them. And where, listen, where where. Doctors' prescriptions haven't been able to help people get out of the pit. God has sent you. God has sent you as... As, as a messenger, as, as a light into their darkness and where medication hasn't been able to help them. You've gone down into that pit as God's servant and you've gone and you've, you've, you've gently given them the word of God and just like that good Samaritan that was on the Jericho road that found that man bleeding and dying on that road, you've gone, God sent you into that pit and now they're up back on their feet and it's not been medication that's delivered them. It's been the Word of God through your mouth. You've made a choice that's made a change in another person's life as God has sent you. Great change and blessing has come about. What a life to live. What a life. What, what an opportunity to have. What a service to give. To be able to look back and think, do you know what? I might not be a big name in lights, but God is able to trust me with the life of one person. God is able to trust me to be faithful, to minister to those that He sends me. And I am a light into their darkness and I bring wholeness and blessing into their need. I tell you now, I believe that this church is filled with people, such people like that, because over many years, such testimonies have come forward. It's exciting to live like that. Don't ever lose. Don't ever lose that urgency inside you to reach out into the world that, that's about you. The world is, is, is hopelessly heading towards a lost eternity. And we are here to interrupt every single person on, on, that, on that journey to a lost eternity and to bring them into the kingdom of God and give them the good news of the gospel so that they might receive the wonderful life of Jesus in their hearts. It's wonderful to be a laborer, and it is a labour. It is a labor. It's wonderful to be a laborer in the fields that are white and to harvest. It really is. We can help bring change in the lives of other people around us through the choices that we make. When we look at God's word, there are so many amazing instances of this happening where one person's choice is used by God to bring change and blessing in the life of another. And over the weeks to come, we're going we're to look at this. Our focus is going to shift a little in this way, and we're going to see it occurring. Today, we're going to read about one of Jesus' first disciples, Andrew. And what's amazing about Andrew is how after realizing who Jesus was, he immediately made a choice to reach out to his brother Peter. He made a choice to find his brother Peter. And Andrew's choice to reach his brother became the means of Peter seeing great change in his life. And it was initiated, the great change that unfolded in Peter's life was initiated by a simple choice that Andrew made to go to his brother Peter and reach him and bring him to Jesus. Let's read from John's Gospel for a moment because John the Apostle picks up on the first day when Andrew met Jesus And how that meeting resulted in Andrew making a choice to reach his brother Peter. John chapter 1, let me read it to you from verse 40 through to verse 42. It says this, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother was one of these men who heard what John said, John the Baptist that is, who heard what John said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, We have found the Messiah, which means the Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, Your name is Simon, son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. An incredible moment that is not missed, but recorded by the Apostle John in his gospel about how Andrew first meets Jesus, and then how Andrew goes to find his brother Peter in order to bring Peter to meet the Messiah, the Christ, Jesus. But when we Read these words, as I've often read them. It's easy to pass over them quickly. It's easy to miss their importance and to miss what's happening. Andrew tells his brother Peter about Jesus, and he brings him to Jesus. But what's the big deal about that? What's so great about that? Why? Did John the Apostle take the time to notate this down in the Scriptures and make a point about it? What's the big deal all about? It just seems very mundane. It just seems very trivial and inconsequential. Really, a man makes a choice to go and tell his brother That they had found the Messiah, Jesus, and then added to that, he brings his brother Peter to meet Jesus. Well, the beauty behind Andrew's very ordinary choice to introduce Peter to Jesus led, and this is the important point, led to the start of a great change in Peter's life. Andrew makes... Simple, everyday choice. I've got to get to my brother. I've got to tell him about Jesus. And that initiated and triggered a choice or a change in Peter's life when he came to Christ that would go on and on for the rest of his life. Just this one ordinary choice that Andrew made to bring his brother to Jesus became The means of starting a great work of change in Peter's life. And that's what we see happening. The moment that Jesus saw Peter, he began to speak change into his life. Jesus looked at Peter and in one sentence, he summed up who he was and who he would be. By saying your name is Simon, son of John, that's who you are. That's who you've been. But you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. Jesus was talking about, even though Peter and Andrew didn't understand it at the time, Jesus was talking about a wonderful change of transformation that would take place in Peter's life that Peter couldn't foresee, that Peter couldn't understand, that Peter couldn't even be explained in words because it was too big. A change would occur in Peter's life that would be indicated and wrapped up in the new name that he would be called by Peter. Only Jesus can do this. Jesus can bring incredible change in a person's life. You know, sometimes I've, I've said to people, I've spoken to them about Jesus. And on numer- and, 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 I, and my heart is very sad when I hear these words. Very sad. And I don't argue with people. It's not going to get anybody anywhere. I don't try to convince people. But very simply, I, I speak to people and I tell them about Jesus, his love, and his forgiveness, and the new life that he wants them to have in him. And they respond by saying, well... Seeing is believing. Seeing is believing. I can't see him. So why should I believe in him? I can't see him. I can see that chair. So I believe in it. Because I can see it. But you see, the Bible flips it all on its head. Because it says... It doesn't talk about seeing and believing. It talks about believing and seeing. The moment that you believe in Jesus, you see. But if you seek to see, you'll never believe. But the moment that you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, that He died on the cross to pay the penalty for your sin and raise, and was raised from the dead to give you new life. The moment that you believe, suddenly your eyes are opened to see. That's why we can sing so wonderfully today because we believed and in the moment we believed, our eyes were opened and we, we see. This was a moment where Peter's eyes would be opened and a great work would start in his life that was initiated by a choice that his, his brother made. And on from this moment, Jesus brings Peter close. He brings Peter close to his side. Andrew, Peter's brother, was part of the 12 disciples that followed Jesus, but Peter if you read about his life, was part of the closer circle of three disciples that Jesus spent more time with. Not only that, Peter also had the revelation of Jesus being the Christ, the Son of the living God. It was Peter that received this revelation from heaven direct about Jesus. And it would be Peter who would stand on the day of Pentecost and see 3,000 people receive Jesus as they cried out to Him, What shall we do to be saved? And it was Peter that instructed them, those who were on the streets of Jerusalem that day, repent. And as they repented and received new life through the power of the Holy Spirit, they were added to the church. Peter would eventually become one of the most prominent apostles in the early church, used by God to strengthen it and to build it up. Jesus would use Peter's life to reach untold numbers of people. But way before all of the great things that Peter did for God, Andrew, Andrew, his brother, made a choice to find him. Made a choice to reach him. Made a decision to bring him to Jesus, so that through that choice, great change would begin in Peter's life. Andrew's choice was driven by love for his brother, and it set in motion changes that would would be outworked in Peter's life for the rest of his life. Andrew may not have spoken to large crowds like Peter. Andrew may not have been a prominent leader in the early church, but we can safely say when reading the few lines about Andrew's character and life in the Gospels, we can safely say that he was a man that loved people. He was a man that reached out to others He was a man that used his life to be like a bridge for others to walk across and meet Jesus. It was Andrew, if you remember, that gave his attention to a little boy who came to the Jesus crusade in the middle of the wilderness where there were a multitude of people, and he came with his his five loaves and two little fishes. And he wanted to give his lunch into the hands of Jesus. But he couldn't get it to Jesus. Andrew stepped in. And he listened to the little boy's intention and the desire of his heart. And Andrew took that little lunch from that boy. He didn't overlook him, he listened to him. He valued him, irrespective of his age. He didn't say, Get away, kid. The master's too busy. There's too many people here. No, he listened. He used his life as a bridge even for this little young lad. And he put his lunch into the hands of Jesus and Jesus fed 5,000 men and anybody else that was there with five loaves and two fish. Impossible. It is impossible. That's why only Jesus could do it. Nothing is impossible in his hands. It says he took the bread, he broke it, he blessed it, and he gave it. And the rest is history. Everybody's bellies were fed and there was 12 baskets left over. Andrew made a choice to listen to a little lad and to take that provision and put it into the hands of Jesus. Andrew was a part of... that the point is this Andrew's life shows us that our everyday matter-of-fact mundane choices can have wonderful consequences in the lives of other people around us let's be prayerful let's be expectant as we go out into life Lord How would you use my life today? It may be just, good morning, how are you doing today? It may be that you go to another side and they need prayer. Whatever it may be, let's be aware of the many needs around us to reach out and use our lives for the glory of God just like Andrew did. Because Just one simple, everyday, mundane choice inspired by God can bring about great change and blessing in somebody else's life, just like it did in Peter's life as Andrew went to him. Just a simple choice to speak to someone you haven't spoken to before. Just that alone. Just a simple, everyday, mundane, matter-of-fact choice to speak to someone that you haven't spoken to before in your office or out there in the world in your daily course can bring great change and blessing in the life of another. Just a number of weeks ago, I... Experienced this again, and it blessed my heart so much. I was traveling on a train, and as I sat there on the train, I'd loaded my bike up in the part of the train where it needs to be secured, and I sat down. I was really tired, and uh, I'd been across a couple of mountain ranges. I'd slept rough the night before in a tent, so I tell you what, I looked a right sight. I was smelling and sweating and stinking. And I sat down on the train and I thought, another one done. And as I did, an Indian man came and sat in front of me. And I could see initially that, that he was a little bit, you know, a, a little bit concerned about sitting in front of me or by me. I was smelling, sweating, looking a right sight. But we just sat there looking out of the window. Well, in those moments, I made a decision. I thought, do you know what? I'm going to break the ice here. And with no other intention other than just wanting a general conversation, there was absolutely, in, in my mind, there was, there was no ulterior motive at all. I just wanted to talk to somebody. I hadn't seen anybody for 15 hours. I'd been on a mountain, and I hadn't seen one single person. So I wanted to just talk to somebody, so I thought, I'm going to break the ice here. I'm going to have a little chat. And uh, I said to him, sir, how far are you You're traveling? And he began to open up. He said, Well, I'm heading back to London to see some family spend the Spend the week there with them, and we struck up a really good conversation over the time, about twenty minutes into the journey. his friend comes and he 's an older man, a man from Bangladesh. He sits down he was situated in another part of the train, but he came down to see how his friend was doing, and he sat by him, and I greeted him. We started talking straight away. Uh, man probably in his 70s or maybe his 60s. And uh, he was talking to me about my cycling and I was talking to him about, you know, uh, things about his life, about growing up in, in, in Bangladesh and, and various things. And then he asked me, he said, so what do you do for a living? I said, well, I said, I'm a pastor of a church. And then a big smile came on his face. He said, oh, he said, you're a pastor of a church. He said, and there was a little glint in his eye. He said, do you know the Holy Spirit? I said, I said, yes, I do. I said, I love the Holy Spirit very much. I said, to be honest with you, he's helped me so much in my life. He's helped me many, many times, so many times, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't recount it. I love the Holy Spirit. He said, well, son, he said, can I tell you about an encounter that I once had with the Holy Spirit? Can I tell you my story? I said, I would love to hear your story about the Holy Spirit. He said, well, he said i came to this country from bangladesh 30 years ago and i was so excited he said because i was going to set up my new life here he said i was so excited about the opportunity and about the prospects of setting up my life in a in a brand new country the opportunities and the the, the family and friends that that i would come into everything was was laid out for me in relation to my future. He said, I arrived, and he said, suddenly, on the moment of arriving in the UK, he said, I was struck with a very unusual illness. He said, I was so struck with illness that it affected my mind mentally, and he said, bodily. He said, I was left incapable. He said, I was bound to a bed for months and weeks He said, my friends came to see me. He said, they, they could do nothing for my physical or mental state. He said, I was wasting away on my bed, and nobody could do anything for me. He said, my mother came to me, and she consulted some people back in Bangladesh, and they said to her, this is black magic. He said, do you believe in black magic? I said, I'll tell you what I do believe in. I said, I believe in demonic power. And I said, there are demonic, demonic powers that can affect our mind and our body. But I said, do you know what? Jesus Christ is the name above every name. Every demonic power has to bow the knee to Jesus Christ, I said. He said, well, he said, I was bound by demon powers. He said, my body was wasting away and dying. And he said, my mind. He said, my mind. He said, and this is what he said. He said, I was at the lowest. He said, I was at the lowest point of my life. Nobody could help me. And there was nothing that anybody could do to get me out of that place. He said, well, he said, that continued. And he said, but one day. He said, one day, he said, in all of my weakness, I managed to go into the center of Birmingham. He said, now, I don't know why I was going. And he said, I don't know uh, how I had the strength to go there, thinking back. He said, but I managed to go to Birmingham. And he said, as I was walking through, he said, something strange happened. He said, a woman came up to me, put her arm through my arm, and said, you need to come to some meetings that we're having tonight because Jesus is going to do a miracle in your life. I tell you, right, when he said that, I could feel excitement in the air. You can feel it. You can feel it, the excitement of the Spirit of God being aroused I said, wow. He said, well, he said, I was in a desperate state. He said, so I decided to go to the, to the meetings that the woman was speaking about. He said, I went there the first night. And he said, this man stood up. He said, he started talking very powerfully about Jesus. He said, he, he, he was a German man. And he said he started talking about Jesus and he said at the, at the end of the service, he, he called hundreds of people forward and, and, and said, if you want a miracle in your life, he said, Jesus is going to do a miracle in your life tonight. I'm going to pray and lay hands on you. And he said, a miracle is going gonna, is gonna to happen in your life. He said, I went forward in all of my weakness, still plagued in my mind, still plagued in my body with sickness and illness. And he said, this German man came. He said, he laid his hands on my head, prayed for me. Nothing happened. He said, I went away. And he said, but he said, I wasn't disappointed. This is wonderful. This is faith, you see. He said, I wasn't disappointed. He said, because there was another meeting the next night. So he said, he said, the next night, he said, I decided to go back. He said, maybe it's gonna be tonight that Jesus is gonna do a miracle in my life. He said, the, the, the man stood up, the German preacher stood up. He said, I don't know if you know him. His name was Reinhard Bonker. <laughs> I said, I said, all the hell knows of him. <laughs> he said, he said, well, he's died and gone to heaven now. I said, I know. He said, but. He said, he preached so powerfully. He said, I'll never be able to forget the words that came from his mouth. He said, at the end of the service, he said, again, he called for people to come forward. He said, I went forward in the hope of Jesus doing something. My mind was in a terrible state. My body, he said, was was wasting away. He said, I went forward, laid his hand on my head. Nothing happened. He said, but I wasn't discouraged. He said, because there was one more meeting. <laughs> he said, there was one more meeting. And he said, i got to get to that meeting. So, the next night, the final night, the third night of the crusade, and it must have been those Eurofire crusades that Reinhard Bonker and Christ for the Nation had in Birmingham, those, those years ago in the 90s, I believe. He said, I went Expectant. On this night, and again, Reinhard preached so powerfully, and he said, "The moment came." He said, "For that, when he was going to pray, this was the final night." He said, "I went forward." He said, "Deranged in my mind, still," he said, "my body," he said, "was wasting away," but he said, "I went there." He said, "Reinhard put his hand on my head," and he said, "He said these words," and he said, "He shouted them," he said, "In the name of Jesus." I break every demonic bondage that holds you. Be free. And when he said, listen, when he said, be free, he said, instantaneously, the deranged mind and mentality that I was oppressed by left immediately and strength entered my body. He said, I was a brand new man. He said, I walked out of there. He said, I was completely changed as a man. And he said, David, he said, you know what? He said, in one year, this is what he said. He said, in one year, he said, the Holy Spirit gave me two businesses. He said, I came to the UK from Bangladesh with great poverty. And he said, after one encounter with the holy spirit he said i became a very prosperous man i tell you now your prosperity if you're in need in this place and you're impoverished in whatever way jesus said i became poor so that you might be rich your prosperity does not is not controlled by the hands of man it is held it is held in reserve for you by the trusted hands of God. Praise God. It is. Your opportunity isn't, 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 in contro- it isn't controlled by this world. It is the favor of God is controlled by God himself, and it's on your life. He said, Dave, in one year, he said, I had two businesses. But he said, sadly, now this is, this is where God began to work powerfully on that train. He said sadly he said I I made some decisions some very wrong decisions some sinful decisions that I shouldn't have made and he said I lost those two businesses because of sinful decisions that I made all those years ago he, he said today I feel guilty today I feel ashamed. And he said, that's my story. I looked at him, and I said, God sent an unknown lady, an unknown lady to you, to catch under your arm, to take you to a crusade. He used a great evangelist, Reinhard Bonnke, to break the power of Satan over your life and set you free. I said, today, on this train, he sent a pastor who likes to ride his mountain bike. Onto this train to tell you that things are going to change. Amen. You're going to be set free again. You're going you're to be lifted up again to new strength. I said, sir. Sir, have you asked Jesus Christ to be your Savior and to forgive you your sins? No, he said. Now, the train's, the train's got other passengers on. But praise God, what an opportunity to share the gospel beyond him and to all the other passengers on the train. I said, well, sir, I said, why don't we pray together right now? I said, would you like... Let's not whisper. Would you like to ask Jesus Christ to be your Savior right now on this train to ask him to forgive you your sin and to give you... Oh, yes, he said. His eyes lit up. He didn't care who was on the train. Jesus was on the train, and he wanted to receive him. Praise God. And when Jesus is on the train, you're not looking around at anybody else. You want Jesus. Yes, he said. I said, okay. I said, let's pray. I went through the prayer. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I ask you, I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. And he repeated it and praise God, he asked Christ into his heart. And he, and he knew in that moment that Jesus had come to live in his heart as he'd called him in. Then he asked me a question. He said, David, and this is conversation is going on with others listening. He said, David, do you know when I get those bad thoughts of, of feeling ashamed about things I've done? I said, yeah. I said, I know a lot about those thoughts because I've done things that I'm ashamed of. He said, well, how do you, how do you deal with those thoughts, David? I said, I'll tell you. I said, you have received the Holy Spirit now. And I said, the Holy Spirit will help you deal with every thought that raises itself up to, to, to make you feel ashamed and make you feel guilty. I said, and not only that, the Holy Spirit has a very special gift to give you. What is that, he said? I said, speaking in tongues. I tell you what, is that nearly? Popped off his shoulders when I said speaking in tongues. He said, do you mean to tell me you can speak in tongues? I said, yes, watch. (laughs) And I began to speak in tongues, praise God, on the train. I said, would you like to speak in tongues? Oh, yes, he said. I would love to speak in tongues. I said, when you feel ashamed, when you feel guilty, I said, you can speak in that unknown language. And I said, listen, I said, for every language on the earth, you have to learn it. You have to be educated in order to receive it and in order to speak it. I said, not with tongues. I said, it's a gift that you get given by the Holy Spirit instantaneously. And it's a language that you can connect with with God that you don't understand. It's an unbreakable connection that you have with Him. I'll have it, he said. I prayed for him simply, and I tell you now, there was no labor in it. Bam he begins to speak in tongues out loud we both began to speak in tongues out loud on the train praise god it was fantastic i loved it i loved it right he said oh great he said he said i'm so thankful i said listen now i said the bible says this and i'm i'm going to wrap this up in a minute now i said the bible says this i said just for you just for you to know i said the Bible says this in relation to our sin, because we all sin. It says, when we confess our sins, Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Again, when I said that, his face lit up. And he sa- he, this is what he said. He said, tell me what it means To be cleansed. He picked up on that word. He said, "What, what do you mean cleansed? What are you talking about? What does it mean? What does the Bible mean when it tells us that we can be cleansed from our sin? We can be cleansed from unrighteousness. I said, well, this is what it means. And I'm telling you now, the Spirit of God was moving. The Spirit of God was speaking. I said, you're wearing a nice shirt today. I said, it's a nice white shirt. And he had a nice white shirt and a tie on. I said, just imagine. I said, if you had a big dirty stain on that shirt. I said, everybody's attention would go toward the stain. That's all they would see. They wouldn't see the nice white shirt. I said, they'd just look at the stain. And I said, you would be conscious of that stain, and you would be conscious that everybody's looking at that stain on your shirt. What do you do? You take it off, put it in the washer, and you make it clean so that you can wear it again. I said, it's much like that in life although when we sin it stains our soul we become soiled inside i said very often people can't see the stain on our soul but we can And no matter how good life is on the outside, no matter what front we put up to tell people that everything's good and everything's okay, we know inside that we are dirty. We know inside that our soul is stained and we can't do anything about it. And that's why we feel ashamed. That's why we feel guilty. But the Bible says, my friend, when you confess your sins, Jesus Christ is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I said, Jesus is the only one that can cleanse your soul. And you've confessed your sin today and your soul is clean. You can look at it and you don't have to feel ashamed anymore. You can look inside and you don't have to feel guilty anymore because Jesus has saved you from your sin and the penalty of it and he's cleansed you of all unrighteousness. The train pulled into Shrewsbury Station. I had to get off to catch another train. And we hugged, embraced, and I left him. And I thought, my God, thank you for using me. You used an unnamed woman. To grab him by the arm. To take him to a crusade. You used Reinhard Bonker To step into that man's life. And break the power of Satan over him. And you used. You used a pastor from Lower Dock Street. Who likes to cycle on the mountains. (laughs) I wasn't. Do you know what? That day. I wasn't even. This is the wild thing. That day. I wasn't even going to get on the train. I was going to cycle on. Home, from Macanthalaf to Knighton and then suddenly my legs were feeling tired I thought I'm going on the train I went on the train and just how one little choice to make a conversation with no ulterior motive resulted in so much blessing for that man's life for my life Honestly, there is no... Listen, listen to this very carefully. The reason why Jesus says these words, and I'm going to finish with this, in Mark chapter 16. The reason why Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. The reason why He commissions us to do that is because He knows the joy that it brings us and the joy that it brings others. Exciting days ahead, church, for every single one of us. The Holy Spirit is going to use every one of us, every single one of us, In the most mundane of situations. And you're going to see in just normal, ordinary conversations that you're going to have the power of God at work. Your life is a light, not to be hid under a bushel, but to bring out into the open for everyone who is sitting in darkness to see it and to be drawn to. You're going to speak, you're going to pray. You're going to encourage, and many are going to be the testimonies of this house. Many are going to be the testimonies of, of the family of God in this house about the miracles and the wonders and the, the just the supernatural acts that God does through us because all about us is a needy world that Jesus wants to reach. Amen we're going to continue on next week in this in this theme but let me pray just before we go your lives are so precious thank you for listening this morning i know we've uh, we've uh, <coughs> we've we've gone on thank you for your attention thank you for listening lord i thank you it's not by chance that we're here you've chosen every single one of us our lives are incredibly important to you. And you have a great use for every single life in this place. Lord, as we've listened to your word and received it this morning, please would you help us, Holy Spirit. We need help to outwork this. We need help and a a loving heart To reach those who are around us. Lord, we pray that you would make us soul winners. You said to Peter, I will make you a fisher of men. And you did that. Andrew was behind that in his choice to bring him to you. And you made Peter a fisher of men. Lord, we ask you. For this same gift, would you make us fishers of men in our workplaces, in our homes, wherever we are in life, that our lives would just be that light in a dark place? We ask it in Jesus' name for your glory. And all God's people said, amen.